Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from out in the Bay Area in San Francisco is Dominic Catronio from... Locked on Brewers and Valley Sports, Wisconsin. Dominic, what's going on today? Oh, it's a beautiful day in the Bay Area. Can't beat it. Uh, I spent a lot of time up here, so uh, looking forward to hopefully another Brewers win tonight. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, two things I want to start with here. One, we'll start since we discussed you're in the Bay Area. You're at Oracle Park last night. How beautiful of a ballpark is that? That's one of the ones on my bucket list that I got to get to. Where does that rank for you out of stadiums you've been to? It's number one or number two. It just depends on the sunset you get at Dodger Stadium for me. I'm a West Coast kid at heart. Uh, but as far as just natural beauty goes, this play, I mean, you can't beat looking at water. I think Pittsburgh is up there, obviously, too, with the skyline. But it's, it's a different kind of pretty here. But the catch is, you know, you got to be higher up. You, know, you, you kind of want to be in the upper deck at Oracle Park just because of that view of McCovey Cove and everything. Because when you're in the lower bowl, don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic ballpark, but you have no scope of the water you just see the big uh, ship liners going through and everything so kind of the higher the better the seat at oracle which you can't say the same about a lot of other places yeah it's kind of crazy that i do want to get out there at some point one other thing i want to ask you before we get into some brewers talk i saw i think it was last friday i was at the game and you and Vinny retino were doing like a demo reel and now we have Vinny retino doing color analysis on valley sports wisconsin any chance we see you doing some play-by-play anytime soon <laughs> i will leave that to the guys that are on our amazing roster right now, Brian and Jeff are incredible. They've been uh, huge helps in my career. For those who don't know, I, my background is more in play-by-play. I serve the role for Pac-12 Networks. Uh, I've also done four years of minor league baseball. But one day, it'll, it'll all come one day. Well, we're rooting for you, man. Uh, hopefully someday you get that awesome opportunity. Appreciate it. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to that day. But in the meantime, hanging out with Bruce fans on the podcast and you guys and uh, giving over the best stats in the world is a pretty cool secondary job. <laughs> yeah, I got to love it. Last night, Corbin Burns is on the mound, and I don't know how he does it every single performance. It seems like no matter what, every time you get to watch a Corbin Burns performance, you're just amazed at what he's able to do. And last night, even though he gets into some trouble, even though maybe it wasn't necessarily always his fault, he finds a way to get out of it and then goes seven and a third, throws over 100 pitches, looks sharp the entire time. Uh, How impressive has Corbin Burns been, and is there a better pitcher in baseball than him right now? For a consistency's sake, no, there's not a better pitcher in baseball right now because you can pretty much chalk up seven innings, two or fewer runs, and nine, ten strikeouts every single time. He's really found his groove again. I think the reason he's really finding more success now, his numbers are almost identical to what they were at this point last season, too, which is really spooky. I think 
what the big thing with his success is, is that he's finding success in multiple pitches. Last year, he takes the world by storm with his cutter, and he didn't have to really rely on anything else. This year, we've seen something different, it seems like, every single start become the main focal secondary pitch. Because obviously, when you're throwing over 50% cutters, something else has to shine. And against the Cubs, it was his curveball. And last night against the Giants, it was his changeup. And he teased that with Pitching Ninja over the offseason. I watched an interview with him and Rob Freeman of Pitching Ninja's Twitter account. And basically saying, yeah, I've got something cooking with the changeup. He was kind of close to the vest about how much he had worked on the changeup this past offseason because you could certainly say it was his worst secondary pitch. It would go cutter, curve, slider, then changeup. Now the changeup's right up there with his slider and curve. And we saw that when he's facing as many lefties as he did last night. It was a great chance for him to flip like, oh, they, they don't want something that's boring. In, they want something boring in other hands. Well, let's go soft away and have this tumbling great changeup. That, the best get better by innovating, and that's what Corbin Burns has done. Yeah, it's crazy that he's just getting better and adding more pitches to his arsenal, but here he is looking good with the changeup. And speaking of changeups, no one better with the changeup than Devin Williams, and I've seen you tweeting about it over the last couple of days. How much of an injustice is it that he is not an all-star? Can I speak freely here? Can I can I absolutely shout to the masses? Absolutely. That is a bleeping joke. An absolute joke. Uh first and foremost, we need to fix the all-star system. I get this participation trophy aspect of every single team has to have an all-star. And I apologize to Joe Mansupply, who's about to catch a stray for me. But Joe Mansupply, dog, you're not an all-star. I'm sorry. Devin Williams is an all-star, and everyone knows it, and baseball knows it. And the only reason a guy like Joe Mantiply and David Bednar are on the all-star team is because they needed to fill a spot from that team. And what happens is when you need to fill a spot on a bad, from a bad team, it tends to be in the bullpen, and that takes a spot away from a guy that's truly deserving in Devin Williams. Put the pitchers up to a van vote and then talk to me later because I think it's, a, it's an absolute joke that Devin Williams, the best pitch in baseball, we're so enamored with velocity. A guy has to throw hard for us to want to watch him. And Devin gets hurt by that bias of, oh, he doesn't throw 99. We don't want to see him. No, I want to see the best damn changeup in baseball fooling hitters because he's just going to throw. If he does get into the all-star game, which I hope he does, he's just going to throw 15 straight changeups and say, hit it. I dare you. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. Yeah, and Sam Schmitz, uh, producer of this show, brought up a great point. I think we were talking about it when he came back the other day, that you have an all-star game, a nationally televised game, and as much as we talk about we're excited about this balanced schedule because we get to see Mike Trout, we get to see Otani, we get to see Aaron Judge and these guys more, not everyone gets to see Devin Williams change up, and what better way to showcase it if you're Major League Baseball, like you said, the best pitch in all of baseball, than to put it in the all-star game where he's facing the best hitters from the American League. I mean, think about it. We're going to see Corbin Burns' cutter, Sandy Alcantara's fastball, Max Scherzer's slider. We're going to see Shohei Otani's splitter if he does pitching. I don't know if he will or not. Uh, but what's missing? A changeup. No one, we, don't, we don't have the best changeup in the game, in the All-Star game, and that's an absolute travesty. One other guy, his running mate, Josh Hader, who is an All-Star, is struggling as of late. What has been up with Josh Hader? Is it just a little bit of a stretch that he's run into that he's had in years past where he'll be right back on it after the All-Star break? Or is there something to be concerned about here with Josh Hader? I reminded folks throughout during uh, his incredible run at the start of this season when he was 100% in save situations that it's not normal, that it's not sustainable. And he will hit a rut, and I beg people, do not panic. 
So I am reiterating that. Do not panic. What he was doing, I mean, was Hall of Fame type stuff, stuff that the game has never seen, scoreless inning streaks, absolute dominance, more, uh, you know, three-pitch strikeouts than hits allowed. Like, that's not normal. So there's tape on everybody, and it's hard to do that for 162 games, right? Uh, I, I chalk it up to fatigue. I chalk it up to a lot of stressful games. I mean, think about how many close games the Brewers have had this last month and a half, two months. Uh, it's a lot of use and more tape, more use. One little thing feels off, and you feel like you're a million miles off sometimes. I mean, he's a fine-tuned machine, and just something's a little off right now, and maybe a mental reset here. I wouldn't be surprised if the Brewers find a way to not have him pitch at all this weekend. Just give him a full shutdown heading into the All-Star break because he's already said he's not going to go to the festivities. He's going to go to home uh, with his newborn son and his wife, Maria. So super happy about that for him uh, being a family man now. So that's a big life moment, too, that I think a lot of us you know, take for granted. Think about you know, for the parents that are listening. When you first had your first child and how little sleep you were having or if you and your partner were having little sleep, well, right now it's all on his wife, and he's on the road, and there was complications in that pregnancy. And, oh, by the way, he has to perform like a high-level performance athlete in the most stressful situations in baseball. So imagine yourself in those shoes. So I, I just get, let him hit this mental reset and come back in the second half. I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah, that is a good point. Sometimes we forget the human aspect of some of these athletes, and he is dealing with uh, a newborn. And I, I'm glad that he's going to take the all-star break, too, just, just to get to enjoy some time with the newborn and his wife and get to enjoy that. Talking with Dominic Catronio from Locked On Brewers and Bally Sports Wisconsin. Let's shift over to the offense now. Last night, bases loaded, no one out. They come up with nothing. And it's not the first time we've seen a situation like that and the Brewers come up with nothing. And I know you look at some of the stats, and I know you're a statistician, so you're, you're going to know some of these stats off the top of your head. They're not awful, generally, with runners in scoring position. But it seemed like over the last couple weeks that we've seen situations where you've got to come up with at least a run, and they just come up empty. How do they stop doing that? I, I, I agree with you. It is frustrating with how many times it seems like they've had maybe even just second and third or man on third and nobody out obvious contact run run scoring situations and haven't been able to get it done. Last night's situation is a little bit different. Carlos Rodon is a really dang good pitcher, and I want to make sure we tip our cap to him because he faced 9-1-2 and two in the order, and you knew as soon as he got Jonathan Davis for the first out of that inning, he was smelling blood in the water knowing he was a ground ball away from ending that inning, and he is, I mean, he's a legitimate all-star pitcher, and that was a heck of an ace-off yesterday. But as a whole, something I, I told some folks yesterday, you know, when you look at the Brewers' scoring position numbers, they really aren't that bad. They're middle of the pack for most of the numbers of runners in scoring position, which isn't great, but it's also a lot better than you thought it was going to be. But at the same time, they're in the bottom 10 for actual plate appearances and at-bats with runners in scoring position. So, for one, I would like you to see them get more opportunities, which they did do yesterday. <laughs> then they didn't mm-hmm. cash in. They only went three for 15 with runners in scoring position yesterday. But that's step one. Get yourself more opportunities. And, you know, the, the law should work out of that. Hey, these are going to fall. And the big hit's going to release the valves. And as you know right now, as you're limping to the finish line of this first half, you know, there are no position players, obviously, representing the Brewers in the All-Star game. Thus, no one in the home run derby, too, which means, oh, they get a full mental reset. And the Brewers get a full four days off where their bats just get back to Milwaukee, relax, 
and hit the ground running coming up in the second half. There are guys that need that reset, just like Hayter. I, I look at Rowdy Telez, who needs that reset right now. Maybe it gives time for Yelich just back to calm down right now. Adonis is hitting better, too, but I think this whole team just wants to get off of this run that they're on as far as the amount of uh, times they have to answer, oh, why don't you have got the big hit? Why haven't you got the big hit? Uh, it's coming. Uh, I'm not too worried about it because they are a team that can hit home runs in the blink of an eye. One through nine, everybody is a legitimate threat to hit a home run. So it, that, that certainly is something to give and take of maybe you don't score as much as on your scoring position at the expense of knowing you have pop up and down this lineup. Well, and you mentioned Willie Adamas. That's one guy I want to ask you a question about. I guess it's Willie Adamas. Maybe it's a little more of just your philosophy as a baseball mind. This year, his on-base percentage is under 300. And yet, when you look at his slugging percentage, it's third among shortstops in Major League Baseball at 477. And so, are you fine with just continuing to put him in the top of the order there? Because he is slugging the baseball, but his on base is so low. Because I think this is the way that baseball has shifted now. That you know you're fine with a guy. Generally, you'd like to see that on base a lot higher. Generally, the one that they're looking at is batting average. But even Willie's on base is low. But his slugging is so high. Is it fine to just leave him up there in the two hole like Craig has for most of the season? Generally, you put your best hitter in the two hole these days, and I'm fine with Willie in the two hole because. Who else fits that profile on this team and that has consistently performed as a brewer? And the answer is really nobody. So I, I really like Willie there in the two-hole. And when you talk about on-base percentage, yes, it's absolutely low, and he knows that. And it kind of is this shift of baseball, the thought that, well, a flyout is kind of the same as a strikeout. You're still out. So swing for the fences, and Willie certainly swings for the fences sometimes. But Willie, it's been odd this year because – I think his on-base percentage is low because his opposite field percentage is lower this year, too. He hasn't been using the opposite field as much this season. I don't know if that's an approach thing or if it's just a you know a coincidence at this point, but, I mean, it's been more than half of a season. I think it's very odd that we haven't seen him go as much to the opposite field this year. I bet there are more hits and uh, some more opportunities on base for him if he starts opening up that other half of the field because he's been fooled badly on some sliders away, on some fastballs on the outside corner that he's trying to pull and earlier in the year, we saw him doing that before his ankle injury, and I wonder if that has to do with that. But I would like to see him go a little more oppo. I think that on base would rise if he's going a little oppo more often. Just a few more here, talking with Dominic Catronio from Locked On Brewers in Valley Sports, Wisconsin, here on the Fan Afternoon Show. Keston Hira gets sent down. We've talked about that a little bit over the last couple of days. Obviously, they needed an arm. It wasn't just sending Keston Hira down for bad play. But are you a little surprised that Keston was the choice and maybe they didn't send someone to the IL or find another way to keep Keston on the roster at least? Uh, there are two reasons why I'm not surprised. Number one, positional versatility isn't quite there for Keston. I know he's played first, second, left field, but let's also all be honest that he's not exactly an elite defender in any of those positions. So you're already at a detriment because you know in a tight game you would be lifting him for defense anyway for the final three innings, you know, like we've seen with him at second base if he's starting over Colin Long. At first base, it would generally bring in Rowdy Telez, and then in left field, it just kind of depends on the day. But for the second reason is the Brewers facing back-to-back lefties in this series against the Giants, another one today with Alex Cobb. So we know about Keston Hero's reverse split, so he probably wasn't going to get the start anyway against these lefties, and you're carrying three catchers right now, and one of them hits lefties really well. And Pedro Severino, who we saw get the start last night, I wouldn't be shocked if he starts as a DH again tonight. And that's part of the reason I think Keston gets sent down. Say, hey, 
We need an arm right now more than we need two days of your bat at the end of this series. But I will say he is still currently with the team on the taxi squad, as is Mario Feliciano right now. So perhaps if Christian Yelich is not in the lineup today and they do decide to put him on the IL heading into the All-Star break, then you put Keston Hira back onto the roster. But uh, I, I wasn't generally that surprised just because of the lack of positional versatility with Hunter Renfro back and Tyrone Taylor due back as well. It, it just seemed like he was always going to be the odd man out. Last one here for you, Dominic. Looking ahead to the trade deadline, the easy question is, should they add a bat? Obvious answer is yes. Sparky was talking with me the other day, and he posed it this way, talking about maybe going and getting a pitcher like Luis Castillo and saying, look, you bring in one hitter, is it really fixing the Brewers' offense? Chances are no. If you bring in two, it probably isn't necessarily fixing the Brewers' offense. So he says kind of add on to the strength, whether it's in you know getting a high-leverage guy and out of the bullpen or bringing in another elite starter and trying to really focus in again on run prevention over trying to add more runs. Is that something that you would consider at the deadline because of who's available at the bats uh, at the deadline this year? I, I think with the pitching side of things, we kind of all forget that Freddie Peralta is due back in the second half. Like, He's going to be pitching again in August, so that's certainly encouraging. That's kind of a addition via trade that you forgot that you had since you've missed so much time. Uh, and Adrian Hauser is due to come back in, in the second half. And I know folks are you know, kind of disappointed with Adrian Hauser's performance this year, but maybe this time on the IL resets him and refreshes him like it clearly has for Brandon Woodruff, who gets the start tonight. So I hesitate on adding an arm. And also, the reliever market this year is really, really bad. So even taking a flyer on a guy like a Daniel Norris, like the Brewers saw last year, or Hunter Strickland, even those guys aren't available this season. So it, it may not be an arm. And a reminder that the Brewers are getting healthier. Jake Cousins is playing catch right now. Uh, you'll also have opportunities for Miguel Sanchez to come back onto this team too. Uh, who knows what's happening with Justin Topa, but there are more arms coming for the Brewers too in that regard. So I would hesitate on adding an arm to this current roster. And also, and from the Reds' perspective, as far as Luis Castillo or Tyler Malley, there's no way to trading them with yeah. this division. Dominic, appreciate the time, man. Keep up the great work. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you having me. Hope you guys stay up late with us tonight. <laughs> we'll try. I couldn't make it through last night, but Sam was producing the post-game show here, so he was always up and always checking out the Brewers. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. There you heard from Dominic Catronio from Valley Sports Wisconsin and Locked on Brewers. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.